Hello and welcome to the Pink Triangle Podcast, a new five-episode series brought to you by Pink Saltire, an LGBT charity in Scotland. I'm Rachel, I've lived in Scotland for six years, having moved from China in 2014. I grew up in Yorkshire, a Yorkshire person at heart, but I love the community I found here in Scotland. I identify through the pronouns they, them as a queer non-binary person. Throughout this series, we'll be hearing the stories of many LGBT folk across the country, particularly those that have moved to Scotland from elsewhere around the world. We would also like to mention that this podcast has been supported with funding by the Year of Stories 2022 Community Stories Fund, which is being delivered in partnership between Visit Scotland and Museum Galleries Scotland, with support from National Lottery Heritage Fund. Before we look at what life is like for new Scots from around the world, let's first paint a picture from those that have experienced Scotland throughout their life. Today, we will hear from two members of the LGBT community who have grown up here and have a number of stories and experiences to share. Elaine is in her 50s and lives in Fife. She's worked for Police Scotland as well as supporting children with emotional needs for four years. She likes to lead a quiet life outside of work. I live a relatively quiet life. I've got a, a dog that I love very much. I don't go out to discos, things like that. I'm, I like a quieter life, like going for a, a meal, nice conversation, relaxing evening somewhere. Uh, my family, a majority of them actually stay down south. Uh, due to my mum, uh, she was the oldest of them and she decided to stay up here when she was 16 when my gran and granddad moved down south. And we have Michelle, who also lives in Fife and likewise wishes to have a more peaceful time too. I've not really done much in my life, to be honest, due to ill health, but really on the mend now, and I'm hoping for big changes happening in my life because I'm feeling fitter and ready to be out there. So let's learn a bit about where journeys have started for Elaine and Michelle where they've come from, and the first signs of how they felt different from what was perceived the norm at the time. Elaine knew from a young age that she was different. I was only about eight when I realised that I just wasn't interested in uh, males, uh, and that there wasn't anyone at that time that I could speak to. Uh, I, I, was, I, was, I just felt that ashamed, I couldn't even speak to my mum, and my mum is the best woman in the world. I mean, I could speak to her about anything now, but back then, I felt I was letting her down with not being as people class as normal, and that's all you kind of heard back then. If somebody was gay, they weren't normal. So that that kind of stuck with you. Uh, so I didn't have anyone uh, back then. Michelle, however, recognised her attraction to women as a teen. Found out how I was feeling myself as... When I fell in love with my PE teacher, I was about 15 and I was like, I shouldn't be feeling like this because I did have a boyfriend. But then see my PE teacher twice a week for PE, I just was like, huh. And then we had a table tennis and a beater. So that was good. But yeah, then I made our, our son a pair of trousers when I was in home ec. So... Yeah, and that's when I realised that I had feelings for women. 
Talking to family about how she was feeling wasn't so easy for Michelle, as a relative had only recently come out as gay and her family was less than receptive. I do have a cousin that's gay. And uh, see the family kind of going about that made it even harder. Because they didn't really speak about bad term or anything, but it was just like, oh, that's no right, that shouldn't happen, you know. Where did you get that fair? It's no disease. It's how you feel. And so I just kept quiet all the time. And and then, obviously, half my family are all boys anyway, so, yeah, I just grew up with them and played football, done tomboy things. Wasn't it good? Like, yeah, it was all man tools in the car with Dad, underneath the car with Dad, decorating my Dad, everything with Dad. They do know now, but I still think they're very hard accepting it. Aye, Mum's more or less doesn't really want me to be here because in case something happens to me. But I'm trying to say to her, you can't always live your life thinking that way. I've got to try and move on. But I just don't think she's really kind of accepted it because it's only been really just I think a year since she's known and that was through someone and something that happened which was not very nice. But when I tried to talk about it she always tries to change the subject. Um, it hurts me. Uh, thinking, because I thought maybe this day and age she'll be okay with it. That she'll put on me like your dad's, it's a shame for your dad, he can't walk you down the aisle. But I'm like, you can still walk me down the aisle. But it might not be, as your class, in a normal way. She says it's not normal. But I say it's normal to me. Elaine's experience of coming out to family was a complete contrast to Michelle's, once they told family at the age of 26. Uh, my family, uh, once I did get round to telling them, uh, they were absolutely brilliant. They gave me all the support, they didn't treat me any different, it was just how things had been, which since I did come out to my family, it had been different. I can't be myself with my family. Even my nieces, they're in their early 20s, and oh, they're fair proud of their Auntie Elaine. That doesn't put them up or, up or down, which is fantastic. They, they just want uh, me to be happy. The one thing that really astounded me uh, was my grandparents. With the age of them, I was really very worried about saying to them, and I got the biggest shock in my life when my grand just turned around to me and says, are you still Elaine? I said, yeah. She says, well, she says, that's why we will love. However, it was personally difficult for Elaine and Michelle to accept themselves for a long time. You seem to just fight against yourself, saying that there's something wrong with you, you shouldn't be like that. Uh, it's not the norm thing, as people would say. I, I just thought, I can't live like this. I, I can't live being somebody that nobody knows. I think at stages, I did think about committing suicide. I've got to pretend who I am to other people. I can't live my life, so what's the point of me being uh, here? And it put me into depressions. 
Uh, I've actually suffered from depression since I was about 19. Uh, I've been on antidepressants since I was 19, which is a long time. I've had counselling for to try and get me to accept who I am, which has helped a lot. Uh, but as I've gotten older and I've gotten to know other people, I'm becoming more acceptance in myself. Felt trapped. You couldn't speak to anybody. So you felt like you were in your own box with um, the walls around you and nobody's there. No one was growing up as a teenager or nothing for that, so you just had to go with the that they call straight people and try and fit in with them. And so that's what you had to do. And then just like blank what you are and just have fun, got chatted up. You had to well, chat them, the boys back up, even though you didn't really want to be chatting to them, but you'd just be friendly anyway. Don't get me wrong, I've had a few boyfriends to cover up, but I never ever slept with them. Part of one. Um, and it was about a year and a half I went with him, but it was too full on, too much, and I couldn't handle that. And because then I told him I would never ever sleep with you because I'm gay. And I'm sorry to do that to you. That kind of got nasty. And that's when he forced himself on me. So it was hard to trust. Then. How about the wider LGBT community? Was there a feeling of support for them at the time? It was difficult to feel there was a space to be themselves as they adapted to their own identity. There was nothing in Glenrothes or Fife as I know uh, back then. I couldn't even tell you uh, if, I, if somebody was gay, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know if anyone was gay when I was uh, growing up at that time because just nobody spoke about homosexuality, anything like that. So there was no clubs, there was, as far as I remember, not any social media kind of thing back then. So you, you were kind of, you were kind of an outcast. There, there wasn't a community you could go and, and be a fit in and get to know other people like that. Nobody let anyone know if they were gay back then. So it was a it was a horrible time that you had to actually pretend to be somebody else, uh, because there was just nothing out there that people could go to to find people that uh, were the same society, if you like, and uh, understood how you felt. Uh, so yeah, it was a it was a rough time back back then. I went once, uh, my, it was actually my mum, uh, her boss at the time was uh, a lesbian and uh, she was with her partner and I went to a disco uh, with them uh, and I actually felt like a fish out of water. It, it was just so strange because 
you've restricted yourself for so long that no, that this isn't right. You you can't do this, and it just, I've got to admit it, it was a it was a very strange evening. Uh, I I couldn't settle, and I thought these are people like me. Why why can't I settle and feel comfortable here as well? Uh, so I only went uh, once to that, and it it did it, it kind of put me in a, a thing as well that where do I belong? I was I was kind of in the middle of a that I, I didn't understand where to fit in, if you know what I mean. I was I was kind of stuck. Uh, so I, I never really went back to anything like that, and that's how I kind of lived my life. Is if something happens, it happens. It's hard, but you kind of just blanket out your mind and just go along with whatever is going on that day or week family do's it's hard because they'll say bring a partner and then you'll make an excuse oh I've just split with my boyfriend I'm, I'm having a break or whatever so then you're just there yourself watching everybody else enjoy well you do I do enjoy myself though don't get me wrong but then you just miss that person beside you when you see everybody else with their partners and it's like you're left on the shelf Michelle even remembered that the only space they felt able to be themselves was within their own subconsciousness. To be honest, when I used to go to bed at night, I used to dream. And it's so weird. And uh, it's like a man in my dream. And I've never ever met him in my life. And I can still see him in my dreams now. And it's like, he's my garden I can talk to at night. He was just always there. And I used to call him Uncle George. And I used to be with him all the time and we just done things together, spoke about things, but I've never met him. He's blonde hair, quite well built, nice, his fitness. He was actually a policeman in my dreams. So I don't know if that's anything, I don't know. But every time, and when I had days, he was, came, I mean, I never thought about anything, but when really bad days, he was always there. Can, and we used to just go for drive, just a drive in the car in my dream and talk away. And he always says, I'll get you in the force. I was like, oh. But it's weird how dreams just, it's like another lifetime, a relaxing. Because I told him that was gay. But he's like, I'm your uncle, I'll accept it. But he wasn't my uncle because he's a dreamer. Kid. But I just felt safe there. And what were the turning moments for Elaine and Michelle? Elaine felt that she had acceptance from her family, but was finding it difficult internally. However, a friend helped her overcome this. I mean, the people, the street I live in, I've lived in my house now for about 32 years. So a lot of the people I know in my street and neighbours, and it's only recently I've, a few of them know that I'm gay. And that's been 30 odd years I've lived there. But there's still, like, some people in the street I, w- I still wouldn't say anything to. I don't know why. Uh, maybe because, like you say, if there's any repercussions that'll get from it. Because you don't, you don't know how people will react. So I think I've just been lucky that way because of how I've uh, defended myself. I've, I've kept myself 
well hidden. Uh, so that I've never had anyone to give me any repercussions or anything. I work with this guy Brian and we're actually friends uh, outside of work as well. And it was only last year that I told him that I was gay. He had no idea. And uh, he was he was brilliant as well because he had situations with his uh, teenage daughter where she was in the process, she was going out with a female, uh, it went bad, now she's going with a male. So he's went through bits and he, he kind of understands. I can, I, I can talk to him about some things like that. Uh, but I do it slowly at stages, but I still had the stigma of, of myself that I felt I was fighting against myself still. Uh, so I didn't come out to anyone else. I didn't come out to workmates or other friends. Just my best friend uh, that's been there for 30 years, uh, I came out to her and she supported me so much. She was a, a rock through times that I was down and that. And she made me feel, why are you feeling like that? You shouldn't be. You're, you're a person. And eventually it, it became a bit easier. It was more the, I was more scared, like saying to somebody, for how their reaction would be. Because I didn't know how I would cope with what their reaction would be if it was negative. So, I was a coward and kept to that stage and never said to people. Uh, but in my experience now, people I have said to, they have only been positive. I haven't had a negative reaction yet, and I don't know if that's because I specifically pick the person I'm going to let know. Because uh, sometimes I feel that some people know uh, whether I've said to them or not. It's, it's quite strange. Michelle, on the other hand, felt it was a more personal ambition to find a sense of belonging and managed to find their crowd as a result. I've been to a gay bar, I've been through Edinburgh, is it CC's or something? Just the words. It was a good day. Enjoyed myself, but I never met anybody that it took my liking or anything. But I had a good night and I would like to go back. It's good actually. That I could just be myself, I fear out, I could just be myself. But if I'm out of the rain, mother friend, I can now and again like come out with things, but then thought, she's, she is straight, so I've got to behave myself. But if I'm out with somebody like me, it's like you could just, it feels free, you don't need to watch what you're saying, watch what you're doing or who you look at. You know, your eyes just wander. But I just feel more free. You forget what's... For that day, for that hour, if I'm just out for that hour, I forget what... I do forget the family bits. Because it's just me, free for an hour. I feel safe. Reflecting on how their lives have transformed, both look at what things are like now compared to when they were growing up and discovering who they were. I actually wish I could turn everything around. I was born back, that I could come to this time. 
Uh, but yeah, that's, that's really improving. It's got still a long way to go. Because yeah, I'm going to have people out there that they just, that they're racist against anything. Because uh, somebody's different. Uh, so you, you have to accept uh, that, but it's nice to see that the younger people now, I mean you can see younger people will, uh, in their teens buying houses and that together, you would never see that back uh, in my time, a couple of uh, guys or women buying a house together, uh, where you can see that now, which is, I admire the young people now because they're just coming out, they're, they're, they're not giving themselves a stigma Oh no, I've got to keep this quiet. Uh, which uh, I'm, I'm proud of them. I wish I was like that when it was back then. Well, when I was younger, you, you never ever heard anything about uh, gay people. I never heard anything at all from my, my mum or any of my family apart from my my real dad, my my biological dad. He was like, like I say, a he he man. You had to be tough all the time, you couldn't cry, anything like that. So I, I suppose I, I probably got the cowardly bit for that because I was meant to be like that, but inside I wasn't like that. So I, 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 there was a lot of pretense I had as, as growing up. I, I was at a really low stage when I, I, I came out. I'd, I'd eventually broken down and uh, my mum had went to the doctor's with me and that's when my mum first found out uh, what had been bothering me and what had all been building up and uh, she was a, a, a great support. I mean she uh, told my, my family, because uh, I'd asked her to, apart from my granny and granddad, uh, I wanted to, so at that time when I was in a, a low edge I actually had time off work, I went down to England and stayed for three weeks with my, my grandparents and I told them when I was down there, and like I say, I couldn't have got a better response uh, for them. And it was, it was funny after uh, that, just with my grand saying that, I actually felt like there was a big burden had, had lifted off me. That as long as they were alright with it, I didn't care who else was, was alright with it. My family was still there and loved me. Uh, so it, it made me feel a bit stronger uh, when I came out. It's more open now than it was, but now it's weird because when you see two women together, you sometimes automatically think there might be a couple, but not necessarily. So it's like we're always getting labelled. There are always labels out there. It doesn't matter what year you think it wouldn't matter. Everything will get labelled. But it has got a lot better, I think, now than it has been a way back because there's... I don't know if there's any less beatings now or more. You only hear what you hear on the news or whatever. But there's a lot of probably beatings that we never hear about because they keep quiet. There's still what I can see. There's, there's probably a lot of people that's in, uh, like gay women that's in high jobs, men as well. And I think there's still a lot of them that, that haven't said who they are. I think they still hide, and I'm, I'm hoping that like a community uh, that's set up like the Hive, it would attract people like that to come out, that they would think, no, I'm in a position I can help people, so I'll, I'll see what that community is like. I think there's more 
acceptable in jobs now than it was back in the day. And if it keeps going, I hope it does keep going, that they're allowed jobs and be more at ease at work instead of maybe getting bullied at work as well, as well as school, you know, because that's the worst thing anybody can go through is bullying. And it's not like physical, the mental is worse than physical bullying. So I feel I'm glad there's, there's going to be a place in Fife that hopefully can help people that are maybe having the dark, uh, the dark thoughts feel that they're in a closet, that they can open that closet door, get their feelings out. It's a shame there are so many people I still believe hide who they are. They're, they're scared to come out and further the repercussions that they think they might get. I mean, I can imagine that there's there's quite a few people that's got married because they thought they had to get married because that was what you were meant to do. You were meant to meet your partner, male, female, get married, have kids. That satisfied the family. That was the norm that you were meant to do. Whereas now, you see people getting married, two men getting married, two ladies getting married. What was wrong with that 30 years ago? It was a big problem 30 years ago, but it is so nice to see it now. Seeing couples getting houses together, even gay, uh, people getting families, starting a family together. Yeah, I think the hive's going to bring a lot of influential people that will come out, hopefully. It's a place for everyone. Even if the ones that are not, they can come and learn about it. Understand it more, how maybe we feel, instead of just thinking the worst. So that's a good, this is a good place for the LGBT for anyone to come. Bugger it. Just go out, enjoy yourself. You shouldn't have, I shouldn't have hidden away, maybe if I was, you know, buggered the family and say, look, I'm gay this is it, I want to live. You don't like it tough, but this is who I am. So yeah, I would have probably screamed the place down and just been me. Don't hide who you are. Speak to your family. Some families may not accept it, but the thing is, if you want to live your life, love it who you are, not who people expect you to be. Because you'll have a very sad, lonely life doing that. You'll just break yourself down into pieces. Because you'll be trying to please other people and you'll never please yourself or be happy. Be who you are. Don't let people make who you are. Hopefully this has painted a clearer picture on LGBT life in Scotland. Thank you to Michelle and Elaine for sharing their stories and experiences and thanks for joining us on this very first episode of the Pink Triangle podcast. We will be bringing you four more episodes throughout LGBT History Month so make sure you subscribe for more updates. I'll catch you soon with stories from new Scots and those within marginalised communities that live here within Scotland.